Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to A Word with Tom Merritt. I'm Tom Merritt. And uh, as those of you who've listened to others of these episodes know, uh, there's no end of people out there telling you what to think, and some of them are worth listening to, but there is no chance for all of us to be experts or listen to every expert out there. We have to take shortcuts. We have to filter information. And how you decide what to bring into your brain, what shortcuts you take in order to make decisions and operate in a world that has never been richer with information is the subject of this show. I've been having these kinds of conversations my whole life. I used to sit in the front room of my grandpa Carl's house. We'd talk about the news of the day and try to make sense of it. And then I'd go over to my grandma Roxy's front room and we'd talk about the stories of her life, which taught me about how life works. So I got a lot of different ways of looking at the world. I've had great conversations my whole life, and it was training me for this show right here. Welcome to the front room, Brian Ibbett. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be here. I don't know if I can follow Carl and Roxy. That's uh, they're pretty great uh, people. They are. Yes, sounds like it. Yes. But and I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't joke like this, but it, I, it's the way I deal with grief and mourning. Um, you're alive, so <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, I've got one leg up on them. Yeah. Yeah, yes, at least I deal with it. I deal with it that way too. Exactly. <laughs> Brian Ibbett, of course, uh, longtime podcaster, host of Coverville, creator and host of America's Next Top Podcaster, regular co-host of the Morning Stream with Scott Johnson. I don't know why I said regular. I, you know, I'm a regular I, co. Well, I, sometimes regular. Yeah, sometimes I was say, uh, we all have those days where something just doesn't sit right. So. For sure. Yeah. 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 But but you you've been <laughs> podcasting since when? 2004, uh, September 2004 was the first episode of Coverville. That was the, the first show that I did. And it was just barely after the term was coined. Uh, that summer, we were calling them MP3 blogs. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, downloading them and manually copying them to iPods and things like that. It was, you know, we kind of, a lot of us back then started out with, uh, daily source code and, um, Adam Curry, that old MTV guy, Adam Curry, and uh, and his process for getting the software written that would automatically go to somebody's blog, download an MP3 file, and then put it into their iTunes so that it would automatically be transferred to their iPod the next time they uh, synchronized. I mean, that, a lot of people don't know that that is that is the history of the word podcasting. Is that it was it was a way to cast it from a, a blog to your pod to your pod to your iPod, to your iPod. Yeah. I can't say pod to your pod <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to get back to the to, yeah. to your roots in podcasting but how do you feel about people calling podcast episodes pods I don't like it I don't yeah. like it at all yeah no pods are what peas come in uh and, get off uh, my lot that's right exactly I've been podcasting <laughs> since 2004 for goodness sake. right I've, I'm not even sure that I've accepted vod it hurts Vodcast, when I say it yeah yeah yeah, that one's exactly. old though. I remember it hearing is old, vodcast right? like 
early on, 2005, 2006. Right, because it's it's not a derivative of podcasting. It is video on demand. It's a you know. Although a, it was absolutely a derivative of podcasting when it was born. <laughs> Was right? it really? Okay. Yeah. I always just attribute it, it was, to being, oh, it, video on demand. It's It fun. was both. It was people okay. like, well, what do you call a video podcast? Oh, so many podcasts were audio. Right, and so, who right. knows who? I'm sure somebody can figure out who, but Vo- I remember Vodcast referring to a podcast that was video because you had the iPod podcast. with video. Okay. And it yeah. was like, well, it means video on demand, but also it rhymes with podcast. So it's the perfect name. Like, mm-hmm. like most of these things, it wasn't like someone said, and therefore here's the plan. It just sort of <laughs> happened, right? Right. Here, I'm going to map out the next 10 years of what everything's going to be called and it'll all make sense and it'll uh, never change. I, the, the name of this show came uh, on a conversation I'd, I'd had with Justin Robert Young on the phone. I had had a conversation about this kind of show multiple times brainstorming like yeah i kind of want to and he wasn't the only one but on that particular Mm -hmm. call i was trying to come up with a name and justin said something about like having a word or word or Mm -hmm. the word i don't remember what he said i don't remember if he was the one who said a word with tom Merritt or if i took it and added the tom Merritt to it i have it's lost in time but yeah that's how that's how that stuff happens it's just a collaboration you're bouncing things around Wait, you were having a conversation with Justin Robert Young, and it wasn't a podcast. It wasn't being recorded. No, that we can always go and reference. <laughs> it's content, man. I I should I should learn from Richard Nixon and record all of my conversations. <laughs> right. Yes, he's a great example of why yeah. you should do that. Yeah, absolutely. A fine, uh, you know, a president. Uh, we we can always trust our presidents. <laughs> That's right. Um, going back to the, the the early days of podcasting. Yeah, uh, like yeah. you were saying podcasting already existed. It just didn't have that name. People were recording things and distributing them on the internet. And what Adam Curry accelerated was consumption. He made it easy for us to get them, right? Yeah, it was the process of getting them to even, it wasn't even like, oh yeah, any MP3 device. No, it was a very specific, he was working on code that would transfer it from a blog to a very specific device, the iPod. Who cares about the, the creative jukebox or... Um, or the creative nomad, what else. or the other the nomad. I'm trying creative. to remember what else was around back there. <laughs> I had the uh, nomad. Back then. I'm trying to remember. What, yeah. What Did you? It? Is that the one that looked like a little Toblerone? Like it was a yeah. little triangular. Yeah. It was yeah. A, okay. Yeah. It was. It I was, one uh, of those somewhere it was long and thin and Tobleroneish. Just didn't have the segments. <laughs> right. Yes. Unless the show that right. you downloaded to it had the segments, and then yeah. then it had the segments. Yeah. No. It was the it was, Rio. Um, that was the other one. Oh, the diamond. Oh, diamond, diamond Rio. Rio. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to remember if for some reason I hear that and I think it's also a country music band, but it's not, is it? The Diamond Rio. It might no. be. It might also okay. be a country band. You would know. It's very, you host it's very the confusing. show about music. Yeah, that's an area though that I don't know much about. Uh, I always assume this is this going to the heart of the show. I always yeah. assume. By the way, yes, Diamond Rio. A uh a, It was a Diamond Rio. One, okay. Wonderful right. country band. Oh, it is. Um, They're a country also, band as well. Uh, an MP3 player. <laughs> it, it is both. <laughs> oh, which came first? I'd love to know. Like, did they did they start? You know, getting frustrated that uh, all uh, Diamond of a sudden Rio, their music the country was... band, started in 1982. Okay, all right. Yeah. So they definitely had a lock on the name, boy. Yeah, they, yeah. But, they but one of the things I, one that. of the shortcuts yeah. I take when I think about things is I assume everything exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't yes. assume, I don't assume my idea is the first. I assume like, oh yeah, no, absolutely. So as soon as you said, sounds like a country band, you're like, I'm like, yeah, it does. I don't remember if it is or not. I'm going to assume it is. <laughs> 
Yeah, the the uh, the trick was just remembering when which came first. So yeah. wow, there you go. But yeah, so so you, if you had put it this way, if you had started Coverville like a year earlier, you yeah. wouldn't be one of the first podcasters, right? Yeah, exactly. No, you really had to. Uh, yeah. you had to wait for the flag to be planted. And then come after there and say, all right, I'm a podcaster, everybody. And now there's podcasting well, and I do this thing called a podcast. People who were just found a way to distribute their, their audio yeah. before Daily Source Code came around didn't want to switch to a new thing because no. they'd worked so hard to try to figure out They've how to already do it. established, right. They've recorded their audio. They put yeah. it up on their blog and they said, yeah, why do I need to do anything beyond this? And so, yeah, that, that's where, that's where so much, um, of that name confusion comes from it's not you know podcast isn't just hey i've got a blog i'm putting audio files up on it it's it's the whole rss feed mm-hmm. it's the delivery it, it all came from just the delivery method back then and if you even if you just had a website and you just started saying oh i'm creating buttons and html code and putting audio files up there no not a podcast because it it was the method the the uh, technology to copy it from that site to an iPod <laughs> and, didn't exist. And I feel like that's what really opened it up was, uh, even though mm-hmm. that's not nearly as easy as now where you have an app and you just search, yeah. uh, right. but right. it was, it finally made it. So you didn't have to work so hard if you right. wanted to, right. to, to get a show, you could, you could just use, you know, lemon, what was it? Uh, oh yeah. iPodder. So there was iPodder, iPodder X. X. There was, yeah. there was one, the, the lemon, lemon pod. I think iPodder like X that? maybe became lemon. I think so. Their yeah. logo was a lemon before mm-hmm. they became lemon. Right. But you ju- yeah. you would just get one of these piece files. You'd point it at a folder mm-hmm. and then the RSS feed would automatically download the MP3. You'd have to manually run iPodder X or whatever you were using. Right. Right. And, and have your MP3 player plugged in, which to today's kids, they're like, wait a minute. I had, that sounds like a lot of steps. Back so then much it was work. fewer steps. Yeah. yeah. It really was. It if, felt like fewer Adam, steps than you would have to do. If Adam Curry would have really liked uh, his, his Diamond Rio, would we be listening to Rio casts? I wonder. Or if, Rio, or, if Diamond Rio. Or Nomad casts. If Diamond Rio or Creative Nomad had been the more popular choice. Right. Would, exactly. Because I, I think. I, I don't mean to speak for Adam, but I'm going to guess he picked iPod because it was so popular. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, and that was the thing that he could write code for or, or yeah. work with other and people. If, to if write you want to reach and... the largest number of people, you start with the one that has the largest install base. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Like that one decision for him to get an iPod and and for him to decide that was what he was yeah, going to yeah. focus his uh, his his work on. I remember the first time i heard your voice i remember exactly where i was the first time oh wow I heard okay all yeah. right <laughs> it was a house we only lived in for like seven months from was like, i haunting it was that it, one of the ones i was haunting and that's where you were you heard haunting my voice. The, the house it was a two-story <laughs> lots of gables and gargoyles sure sure uh, yeah it was actually a two-story but it didn't have gables and gargoyles. here's another one from millie vanilli by the way get out <laughs> <laughs> millie vanilli they didn't sing <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You were- <laughs> I, what, I was sitting in this. So it wasn't September. We were late to the Coverville game. I think it was probably mm-hmm. January. Okay. We were sitting in our, uh, our our kitchen, and our kitchen had this like cool diner booth in it. Mm. 
Okay, like, like a, a breakfast bre- nook. Yeah, like a breakfast nook, but with like comfy, comfy seats, like and red I vinyl lean. or some vinyl padding. Yeah, kind oh yeah, of seats. yeah, red totally. Red. Oh, like nice. a white blue vinyl padding. And Eileen nice. uh, was sitting on her laptop, and I was sitting on on you know we were sitting across from each other. I don't remember if we were even having breakfast or just sitting there, and uh, and she started playing this show that had all these covers. Uh, and I was like, what is that? She's like, Oh, it's this podcast I discovered called Coverville. <laughs> so you were, it was less than a year old. And I was like, that's wow, crazy. that's, that's cool. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to subscribe to that. And she said, no, it's my thing. You can't have it. <laughs> no, she, she didn't really say that. Oh, so I have Eileen to thank. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, at the time yeah. I was listening to, I, I subscribed to that. I subscribed to my own show eventually sure. that we started at sure. CNET 2005. Uh, I subscribed to Drive Time. Oh, Drive Time. That's not one that I was familiar with. I was, was going to say, it was a video we all subscribed podcast. to the same 12 shows because yeah. there were 12. Well, yeah, because there were only 12. Um, right. So uh, Drive Time. Drive Time okay. was a video podcast of a developer who just recorded his ride to work. Hmm. And so he would, uh, he would have his wife as a guest sometimes, uh, <laughs> okay. and he, he did stick where he would pick up guests in his car. Pick up would, like, hit, like not hitchhikers, but no, like no, you but would pick up people on the way like, to work. I'll come by yeah. and pick okay. you up and you'll be on my show. And they would, nice. they would ride along with each other. Ravi Gaynor, I think maybe. Wow. I may be remembering okay. his name wrong. Um, but yeah, I think you are the only show that I listened to back then that is still around. Yeah. Because uh, you weren't, I think, you know, like folks like Don and Drew and. Um, I didn't ever listen to that one. And I know their heritage and I'm I'm a horrible person. Sure. But no, no. I mean, if you, you know, if uh, if you never got drawn to it or, you know, any of those other shows, Evil Genius Chronicles, I listened to for a while. Yeah. Uh, Rock and Roll Geek Show. Um, Are those still around? All, uh, Don and Drew is still around. I know Don and Drew is, but the other I one. don't know if of those, I think, uh, Rock and Roll Geek Show would be the, yeah, uh, the only one that might be still in. Actually, Evil Genius Chronicles might still be around as well. Yeah, this is. Well, that, that's one of the things that's interesting is there were so many shows that came and went, but I yeah. would say there's a half life because about half the shows that started back then, 2004, 2005 mm-hmm. are still mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Because right. they were started. I, I would venture to guess, you tell me, more often by people who just enjoyed doing them versus people who thought like, oh, I should I should Here's make a, a way to capitalize yeah. and yeah, make yeah. money on this current trend. For sure. Uh, that's absolutely the way it is with Coverville. I, you know, uh, no Patreon, no advertising, no nothing like that. I would probably still be doing the show. I'd, I'd uh, um, I might have taken a, a month off here and there, but <laughs> I'd still be doing Coverville on a weekly basis. Back then, by the way, when I started doing the show, I was doing it three times a week, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And uh, Sundays was uh, uh, all requests. Tuesdays was just a hodgepodge. And then Thursdays was um, a cover story with one artist as the focus. And each episode was only six songs long. So, um, really, really quick shows, 20 minutes, basically in and out. Um, then somewhere. And if anyone doesn't realize from, from the name, every song is a cover. Oh, every song is a cover. Yeah, exactly. Probably should have explained that. And then, uh, somewhere maybe two or three years after that, I said, Oh, why am I, 
why am I breaking my neck to do three shows a week? Let's do two shows a week. <laughs> so I, I started doing two 12 song shows or something like that, two mm-hmm. nine song shows. And now I'm just doing one 18 song show. So in all the time I've been doing it, roughly the same number of songs per week, just fewer shows or yeah. different numbers of shows every, every, uh, which, every time. which, just allows you to, I mean, you could pre-record your shows though anyway. So I guess yeah, theoretically you could do three shows all in one sitting. I could. Or do yeah. one show all in one sitting. Right. If I, if back then I would have thought about pre-recording all three shows, it just would have been what I'm doing now basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause yeah. you're, you're not ridiculously timely. Like, yeah, I know no. you'll do tribute no. shows if a, if an artist passes sure, away or something yeah. significant happens or whatever, yeah. but it's not like, you know, you follow breaking news. So no, exactly. You can listen, you can listen at any time. There's no continuity. So mm-hmm. you can, uh, start listening at episode 1412 and not miss a beat and not say, Oh, I don't know what happened in the first 1411 episodes. Um, and also you, you know, don't like, have to talk for an hour. You're playing music. I don't. Right, exactly. I just have to talk every every 17 minutes or so. That's yeah. so smart. <laughs> I really I really thought I had when I when I came up with the concept <laughs> okay, for the show, Tom. They the the early podcasts were a lot of talking it was, and yeah. some music. There were right. more music podcasts back then I think than there are now, honestly. There were by because percentage. of copyright issues or, yeah. or uh, how did you, know, you deal with the copyright issues? Um it was uh let's see. It would have been 2005 no it was still late 2004 it was within the first 20 episodes that i decided all right well let's make sure i'm doing this legally and back then obviously you know for a lot of us it was a hobby we would do it um at night spare time that sort of thing and during the day i worked for a newspaper sales software company and um, one of my jobs was to do installations in various newspapers across the country. And I had arranged some trip where I was in California going up the right side, the east side, the right side, the east side of the bay. So it was things like yeah, not the Vallejo, wrong side. not the wrong side, but the right side, Vallejo and Vacaville and east Fairfield. Bay. And yeah, so it was a whole bunch of newspapers. And I would go, you know, I would drive to the newspaper at night, stay in the hotel, first thing in the morning, go to the newspaper, do what I need to do, and then have the rest of the day to drive to the next one. And um, uh, ended up, you know, wherever the last one was. It was the most southern of those because I was flying out of um, SFO. But I still had like a two-hour drive or two-and-a-half-hour drive. And I, and I had been in contact emailing back and forth with ASCAP, the first of the agencies that I reached out to, to explain what podcasting was. Mm. They had decided that the best time for me to talk to them was during that two hours that I was driving back to San Francisco. And I had my Trio 650 uh, with a, you know, a long black cable with uh, earphones in my ears. And Uh I was explaining to them what podcasting was. Uh, can people choose the songs they hear? Nope, they can't. They can, they can only listen to the full show. Are you overlapping songs so that they can't isolate out one particular song? Yep, I'm, I'm segueing songs. So there's no, you know, you can't isolate out intros, all that. Right. Talking over intros. Uh, can they download just an individual song from your show? Nope. It's all, it's all or nothing. They get the whole thing as one, one Mm -hmm, download. mm -hmm. 
And um, from that, they came up with the non-interactive license. And um, specifically, uh, originally specifically created from that conversation, which was a new license they had created. I think Pandora or something along Pandora's lines was around back then. And um, they they saw this as like, okay, it's going to be a similar license to Pandora, mm-hmm. but um, people don't get to choose what they listen to. It's all downloaded as one file, blah, blah, blah. And so they came up with this new non-interactive so you, license. So you, you basically are responsible for the podcast music license for ASCAP. Yes. For the podcast music license for ASCAP, right. And yeah. and keep in mind, ASCAP doesn't, you know, if you buy that license, it doesn't mean, oh, great, I can play any song on my show. Because ASCAP doesn't have anything to do with the mechanical rights. It's all the songwriter stuff. So when Wait, uh, every that quarter, was the mechanical, the songwriter stuff is mechanical. No, no the, the recording of the song is the mechanical rights. So um, when somebody covers Prince, mm-hmm. their recording is the mechanical Right. And you need to get permission from their label, or if it's an independent artist, they might own their own licensing for that. That's the the mechanical rights. The songwriting license is just you playing something that features the words that Prince wrote. Right. And so I pay for when I pay ASCAP, one little chunk of my of my payment gets sent to the to Prince's estate. As and is ASCAP and BMI are they same? They're they're, they're together, right? They're together. And, they're yeah. They're same industry and CSAC. So and, those are your big. Those are your three. Because when I was in radio in the eighties, we we would uh, once a year have to do the ASCAP BMI log. Yes, where we yes. had to separately. We couldn't just oh. hand over our own log. We had to separately write down every song we played and the composers. Right, yep. right. Not the exactly. artists that sang Not it. Not the artists. They yeah. didn't care about what artists sang it. <laughs> well, who are the composers? Right. So we're looking at forty fives, going like, uh, "Who wrote this one?" All right. That's oh right. man, what a pain yeah. in the butt. Fortunately, they have things that can parse it out. And mm-hmm. even and you did you back then have to look up and say, "Oh, okay, well, the Beatles are on BMI, but." This and I'm not insinuating that you did this back when the Beatles were popular. For Beatles originally around, yeah, but. the Beatles weren't around yet, Brian. But <laughs> right, they hadn't been established. But uh, figuring out which band was with agency, which with yeah, which when, agency I, when or... I would look at the Glenn Miller record, I would. <laughs> Here's another one from the Andrews Sisters. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, woogie bugle boy. Uh, no, I remember good. they. Okay. That was like a perk that. Yeah. Either my GM or the program director was saying like, yeah, these days you don't even have to worry about looking up who just write them all down. They'll take care of that, which was right. like, right. it was a big deal because you used to have to be able to, you used to forget yeah, we. It. And now these days, uh, I, I do one spreadsheet. I export it out. I log every song by creating playlists in iTunes. Mm. I use the description field to list what, episode they're played in so i can now create a smart playlist that contains every episode from a quarter mm-hmm. i now have a list of all the songs i played and i export that out and it it's a and spreadsheet that i them. give to all three agencies yeah and they they do the same thing they parse it out and say oh these are ascap artists or these are bmi or whatever mm-hmm. so so you <laughs> you did it right from the almost the very beginning almost from the beginning yeah. yeah as soon as i realized there was a rung i started to try and figure out the way to do it right but there's so it's so complicated like you said there's also the uh, the, the performance yeah. right 
right? Right. There's that, exactly. My stuff only, that stuff that the ASCAP BMI and CSEC is just half of it. The rest of it is, is the label sending me music and me saying, okay, they've sent this to me. They're approving me playing mm-hmm. it on my show because they know who I am, what I do. And the fact that they're sending it to me means that they're granting me permission. Sometimes I'll get, you know, an email that says, we actually, we do give you permission. And, and, uh, uh, and sometimes I have to ask for it. And the but only, do you have to pay yeah. uh, an agency for that? No. Right. Or you, and that would be, that, that would be, that's like radio. Like radio Fox. never had to pay for the, for the performance. They only had to right. pay for the writing. Exactly. Yeah. And that'd be your sound exchange, your Harry Fox agency, and that stuff just gets ridiculously expensive. But, uh, the only label that ever, you know, I, they, they send me stuff and, and I was like, all right, let's make sure. Is it okay if I use this on a podcast? And they said, no, the only label ever that did that was Rhino Records, which I think is the funniest thing because they started out as the most right. indie garage. The, the the record label equivalent of podcasting. Yeah, the the record label equivalent of like no one else wants this genius music, but we <laughs> right. will champion it and exactly. make it available. Yeah, yeah. Wildman Fisher, uh, yeah. good enough for them, but podcasting, no. <laughs> I mean, Doctor Demento was majority Rhino Records. Yeah, it really was, and yeah. that was. It's it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about that earlier. That was my first pseudo podcasting experience. It was syndicated here on Q103 on Sunday nights at 8 o'clock, and I would get a fresh Maxell cassette, unwrap it, <laughs> put it in, in my boombox, and record the whole show so I basically could offset and listen to it when I wanted to listen to it like yeah. a podcast. That was how we did it back then, kids. You, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you, you wanted to listen to America's Top 40 with Casey Kasem. You, you right. recorded it. Uh, on your cassette uh, and listen to it later <laughs> at your you know at your own time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I have so many cassettes. I don't know if they're even playable anymore. I should, I want to go check it out. Uh, that are just recordings off the radio, right? Where you sure. you hear sure. the DJ, you know, KHDR one hundred three point three at the at the beginning. <laughs> Here's Madonna. Uh, yeah, but, I'd I'd even argue that most people who recorded radio stations like that secretly wanted to be a dj i bet there's a there's a like the index on that graph has got to be so high is that, that why you, you did coverville i was going to ask you why you yeah. decided to start coverville instead of some other podcast you know because i assume you're technologically forward you were doing software installations and that sort of thing i get why you would be interested in podcasting at all but why coverville it was it was basically getting to hear uh, the, the the short answer is I wanted to create the show that I'd always wanted to hear, mm-hmm. but it it really came from nights when you know we'd have friends over and you know sit, we're sitting in our living room, uh, maybe having wine or or you know beer or something like that, and um and I had just gone to Tower Records the week before and I'd found some you know great uh, import. CD singles by Erasure or Tears for Fears or something like that. And there was this great B-side on the CD single of Tears for Fears doing Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie. And I would say, oh, you got to listen to this. Let me know when you finally figure out what it is. Uh And I'd play it and you'd watch, you know, you'd watch them listening and you'd see that moment that the light, the light turns on. They're like, oh, wow, this is Ashes to Ashes or this is, uh, uh, you know, the Manic Monday, or this is uh, something, you know, something along those lines. And 
those those were those connections that that I always enjoyed being the the catalyst of mm-hmm. and so getting to do a show like that where I could say you know if I could do Coverville and and, and not front announce anything and just say all right uh, somehow let me know when you figure out what song this is <laughs> then uh then you know it'd be it'd be perfect but yeah you uh, can do that on twitch oh wait i could do it oh yeah no not so much <laughs> yeah not so yeah, much with the that, music license that's, but yeah that's where that whole thing started i tried doing the wedding dj thing for a little while in the 90s and uh you don't realize or maybe you do maybe maybe i just didn't realize going into it how repetitive wedding dj wedding djing would be you start off with the same 12 songs yep. because you know these are ones that are going to get people onto that dance floor and and people at those weddings would come up and they think they're being so clever like requesting something it would be oh look i want you to play uh forever and ever amen by and i can't remember who the artist is but thinking that uh, no it- somebody newer than that it was uh Waylon Jennings, that's the one. George yeah. Strait, George Strait. I think that might be it. I bet yeah. it is George Strait. Yeah, and they think they're being so off the wall with this request, and it's like I just look on the sheet and say, "Oh, okay, y'all get that on for you." Meanwhile, it's the fourth song, the fourth next song that I may be playing anyway because it's part of the script. Uh, Amos, our producer, confirms it is George Strait. It is, Strait. It you, is indeed George Strait. Yeah. Like Diamond Rio, uh, an area of my music knowledge that is vague at best. <laughs> well, I, I totally know what you're talking about, uh, both because I DJed dances in college. Okay. So yeah. I, I think if I really sat down and thought about it, I could tell you the 10 songs that you got to in the middle of the dance that were like, okay, now yeah. we need to pull. Cause there were, you didn't want to start coming hot on a, on a, on a no. student dance. You, you wanted to give people time to get warmed up and have a few beers and everything. Sure. And then, sure. yeah, then you'd hit shake a tail feather. Like, Oh all, really? Yeah. All the things so that let, brought people out to the dance floor. Let's see how many of these I can remember because, all right, you had your, your uh, first dance by the couple, always their choice. Sure. And right. Yeah. Whatever that ended uh, up being. And so, uh, once, once you're, you're, you're done playing at last. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. And then you've got, then you've got the father daughter dance, usually daddy's little girl yep. or uh, whatever. Uh, mother son dance, sometimes unforgettable, Nat King Cole or something along those lines. The whole wedding party dance, uh, celebrate, uh, or we are family, <laughs> cool in the gang, your sister sledge, something yep. like that. Then you'd roll into, oh, what was it called? It was something on 45, classics on 45. And it was one of those things, stars again, boy, on kids. Uh, it was the one that was classical music and it oh, was hooked on classics. Uh, Hooked on classics. That's it. And it was your da 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 da. Speaking of uh, right, uh, Glenn, Glenn Miller. Miller yeah. Right, uh, not classical music, but it always it did start not with classical it. music. Yeah. But it would be these little twelve second mm-hmm. snippets, and that would be your snowball dance. That's how you'd get everybody out on the floor, and then that thing would end, and you'd hit them right away with "Just Take Those Old Records," and it would be old time <laughs> yep. rock and roll by yep. Bob Seger. That was on that crossover because the student what? thing had to be a little different. You didn't have to be as wide ranging as the student thing, but, <laughs> right? But old time rock and roll was dance, still right? new enough when I was doing the DJ dances that it would <laughs> it would work. Right? Yeah. Oh and, my gosh! And then the request thing, you're. 
with with the student dances, you'd often get the opposite, which like, can you play the new Siggy Siggy Sputnik? And uh, right, you know, <laughs> like, well, see if I have it. Uh, yeah, which we did. You knew. And one time I played it, and it, it didn't work. It cleared uh, the floor, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, but yeah, that's. But Erasure would bring people back out. Okay, Erasure's always a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Speaking uh, of Vince Clark. Yep. But when I was DJing on radio, the requests were exactly what you were talking about at the wedding, which sure. was you would get someone calling and saying, can you play the song that is three down on the list right. of songs you're on? Can you play, play the song that's currently in heavy rotation? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. People are like, why do you keep playing songs in heavy rotation? It's like, well, because there are more than one person out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, sadly, sadly true. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So, so you loved, you loved that interactivity. You love that I making did. people happy with music is what it sounds like. Whether it Absolutely was playing did. a cover of Tears for Fears, uh, uh, doing Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie, or whether it was just bringing people on the dance floor. But you wanted the novelty, right? I wanted the novelty. And I think that does come from the Dr. Demento side of things. You know, the, uh, the Ogden Edsel, uh, dead puppies and the, the Barnes and Barnes fish heads and stuff like that. Oh, and it yeah. was, it was the, the, because like with Dr. Demento, you'd listen to that song and you'd start hearing those really weird lyrics of something and be like this weird moment of recognition. Um, with covers, you've got that same thing. It may not be this novelty song, but it is this song that is making people scratch their heads and say, I know this, but why do I know this? Why do I know the mm -hmm. next line that this person is about to sing? And, and then they I used to think I was pretty clever. <laughs> because I had, okay. I had a uh, a show on WPGU called Past Tense. It was not a show I created. It, it was already existing, okay. but I took it over, uh, and it was the rock we grew up with. So okay. the radio station had been on since 1968. Uh, I was doing the show in like 1989, 90, uh, and so it was going back to the early days of the radio stations music. It was, you know, okay. it was it was the oldies show, but it, it had a little more you know, pretense to it because yeah, it was, yeah. you know, we've been here through this entire history. And one of my favorite things on that show would be to play the click Superman. Sure. And oh, and then people go, wait a minute, minute. this yeah. is an REM song. Or Camper Van Beethoven was, was current at the time. So I'd play sure. status quo pictures of matched pictures of matches. Yeah. Uh, and I thought right. I had a really good knowledge <laughs> of covers Especially uncovers yeah. like that, where you yes. think the, yes. original so is, the, is the original the original, less popular original version. Then yeah. you started your show. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that, and, and I mean this in the best way possible, like there was an entire world of covers I had no clue about. Sure. Sure. And, and you, you were tapped into that. Like that is one of the beautiful things that the internet brings us is there's always somebody who's so passionate about something that you can learn something from them. And that was, that was you for that. Yeah, and it was it was because that it was a uh, such a niche show that I was able to learn while I was 
recording it. Uh, you know, I had those those stacks of CDs, those import CDs from Tower Records or whatever. Um, but then it was finding out about, oh, well, there's this whole album of Tom Waits covers that you need to check out. Or um, did you know that that song from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou was a cover of a Bob Dylan song and, and things like that. It was that that the listeners finally emailing and responding roundabout episode six of Coverville where I'm starting to hear about, oh, how about Hallelujah? Have you heard mm-hmm. the Jeff Buckley version? Or right. Have you heard the, or I'm sorry, Tim Buckley version? Uh, have you heard the uh, um, Rufus Wainwright version, which I think is still the superior version of that song? So, and, so it's like a flywheel, right? You bring your passion and knowledge in, you start to pick up yeah. energy from individuals who may not even know as much as you, but they know a thing that helps you. And then you right. start learning more from the audience, but also by doing the show, you're, you're seeking it more and it just propels you to keep doing it until 2022. <laughs> right. Without the audience Coverville, probably not because I would have gotten bored doing it, but because I probably would have run out of content and not heard about anything yeah, else yeah. would have lasted uh, three years or two years or something like that. And I'd still have no idea about 90% of the stuff that, that yeah. I've grown to discover and love because of the show. Well, and I guess there's another element of that I hadn't thought of till, till just now is it became easier to find the music yes. as your show went yeah. along. It did. The music started to find me. If, yeah. You know, for for lack of a better way of saying it, the labels would hear about this and say, "Oh, you know, three of our artists do covers. Let's just attach them to an email mm-hmm. and send them to this guy." And uh, and then that's when all that just became well, and it, so much easier. Instead of like, okay, what's your UPS mailing address so we can send you the twelve inch <laughs> single? Right. They yeah. just still got that. They just gave you a digital file. Right. So much easier. Yeah. It was it, for a while though. It was much easier for the labels to send me mm-hmm. a CD. So I have, I have a big. It looks like a giant Halliburton box full of CDs from labels before they started just doing. Does anybody still to, do that? Um. No. Or is it all? If digital? they do, if they do, they haven't found my new address. They were sending a lot to the <laughs> PO box, you know, five years ago, and I had that. But uh, yeah, yeah. They haven't found the real. <laughs> when, do you think, when do you think the sea change happened between physical and oh. digital for you? Uh, for me, 20, 20, oh man, this is such a hard thing. I'm so bad with years like this, but probably 2014, 2015, I think. Yeah. Uh, I look at it as when the artist that I would go to uh, the store and then later to Amazon sight unseen favorite musicians, favorite bands, squeeze crowded house, things like that. They have a new album. Great. I'm buying it. I haven't heard any songs from it, whatever, send it to me. And now I'm perfectly happy. Oh, I'll just stream it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll just listen to it on Apple music or, or whatever. And it was, it was the most difficult thing. Those first times to say, uh, I'm not owning the new squeeze album. I'm just listening to yeah. to it through a service I pay for, but I'm not I'm not actually buying that album. I I think that music and there's some problems with what I'm about to say legally, sure, you know, and whether it'll stay that way. <laughs> but I think music has become free from constraints to listen to not free to listen to because you have to pay for the service right, but right. uh 
And yes, there are sometimes exclusives one service to another. There are certainly some of the more niche uh, artists that I love that I have to find and upload to my service to be able to listen to because yeah. it's not part of their catalog. But generally speaking, I don't think about, oh, J-Hope's more is coming out. I better run to the store and get it so I can listen to it. I think, yeah. oh, why is Apple Music taking five extra minutes to stream it? It just came out <laughs> at the top of the hour. Uh, and owning music, because it's so free to the air, right? And again, yeah. not free as in I don't pay for it, but like right. easy to access. Freely. Right. Freely available, I guess. Freely available. Because of that, <laughs> I don't worry about owning music the way I used to. I don't yeah, think about owning yeah. music the way I used to. And in fact, owning music for me is becoming, uh, do I love a song or an album or a band so much that I want to have something? I want I want yeah. to have a totem, you know, of right, their work. Right. And that could be uh, a box set. You know, yep. there's more bands that are doing box sets that aren't compilations. They're like, oh, no, you you can buy the new CD and we'll have like a little book and and picture cards right. and things like that. Demo uh, versions of the songs. Yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Colton was one of the earliest ones that I did that with yeah. where I would buy like this big old box that had a book and a, a little like fake ID that went with the story of the album and, <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, right. Or I'll just get vinyl because I have a lovely record player and... Mm. I don't think vinyl sound is superior, but I enjoy the sound of vinyl. Like I just think it's right. fun to listen to, uh, and and it's a it's a lovely experience to put on an album and, and listen to it. So I don't know. Totally do you is. do you feel that transition where you still want to own music, but in a different way? Or yeah, in in some of those examples, Crowded House being one of them. Uh, their most recent album, Dreamers Are Waiting, I I bought. You know, and it, it was almost a thought of like, I justified by saying, well, there may be a time when I'm out on my bike or driving through the mountains and I won't have access to uh, the internet or a way to stream it. So I want to make sure it's on my phone or mm -hmm. on my, you yeah. know, on my device. Um, that's the way I justified it, but it's probably deep down. It's like, no, I really still want to support the band. I want them yeah. to continue putting music out. So I want, Neil Finn to get my twelve ninety five for this for this album right nine ninety nine I'm sure it is yeah well, <laughs> and I I don't know if this if this is true for you but there's something demonstrative about having a thing on the shelf it is yeah right like yeah. It, it's it's a maybe it's performative maybe it's virtue signaling or something like that when your friends come over but it doesn't have to be I think it could just be for you to look at your shelf and go like yes those are the ones that I support the most. Those are, those are my favorites. Yeah. And there's also like you're talking about with the vinyl, because there's, there's the whole process of pulling the album off the shelf, then pulling the, yeah. the record in its jacket outside of the album and then pulling the record out of its jacket, putting it on the turntable, using a disc washer maybe to, to get the dust off of it and then putting the needle on. Yeah. There is such an intimacy that you have with that music after all those steps that you don't have when you type in a search field, Bonnie Vare, and then start <laughs> listening to Bonnie Vare's music. And that doesn't yeah. mean it's bad no, to do the search field. It's just, you know, for an artist that you really enjoy, it might add a little something to the enjoyment. It's to your do inner that. circle. Yeah, right, for sure. We, uh, we bought the new Harry Styles on vinyl on Impulse. We were at Target for something else, and we saw it. And we're like, we both have it, right? In yeah, Spotify right. or Apple Music. 
Sure. But we were like, this will just be nice because we bought tickets to his concert. And so it's like, oh, it's just part <laughs> of that whole experience. We're going to open the album and look at the things. Yeah, right. And oh, is there going to be a lyric sheet in there? Yeah, I right. mean, all those things you don't get. With, you get uh, a gatefold and you get all those. Yeah. K-pop is the king of this. Yeah. The, the albums like BTS Proof, random photo cards. So you won't okay. necessarily get the same photo card. Oh, wow. Depending really? on which, okay. which CD you buy. And then cool. booklets of pictures. There's like a, a premium version that has more stuff with it <laughs> versus the, the limit, you know, the com, the express edition or the compact edition. Yeah. Uh, and then often most of those artists will do multiple versions of the CDs box set themselves. So the like Blackpink will do a black version and a pink version. Right. Uh, or they right. might put like spell out the name of the band on the spine and you only get some of the letters on, on depending <laughs> you have on to get all collect yeah. them all to get them all. I, I think the way we think about music is, is kind of revealed in what we're talking about here, which is it's about what you enjoy. Yes. I think a lot of people think, well, if I like music, I have to, pr- I have to privilege the sound above everything. That's, great if you're an audiophile and i think that mm-hmm. a lot of people do that but i don't think that's the way the majority of people appreciate music it's no it's almost more of a fandom like appreciation right it is yeah it's a um and it's probably less about having all the things as opposed to just having the next thing mm-hmm. and being the first to have the next thing the next the you know the next album that's yeah yeah out. Because I, I think when digital music came along, a lot of people wrung their hands about, well, uh, I won't be able to own the music, so it won't it won't be around. And and that was a mindset we had because the only way to have music available for you was to own it. Was to actually and own I think the we've, album. We've, right. I, I said, I think it's going to be different. I just don't know how it's going to be different. And I feel like we're getting a picture of what it is, which is digital music is, I just want to listen to it. Right. And physical music right. is, I value it. Right. And that's how it was with, you know, again, the early podcasting of Dr. Demento, which wasn't podcasting. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, I could have just sat there and listened to the radio for those two hours when Q103 was was um, playing the show. But I wanted to I wanted to own it and listen to it at my speed at my own time and, and that sort of thing. Do you think the appeal of podcasting is the same, which is that we we value it even though it doesn't have the physical item aspect that we're talking about because as a as a producer or as a listener as a well answer it both ways if you if you can okay sure um certainly as a producer well, all right that that is going to depend on on who's who who you're asking because it's just as we're and you hear the passion of us talking about our music and the songs and the albums we like and that sort of thing that is what created podcasting it was adam curry being passionate about writing this code to get music or to get uh, uh mp3 blogs into his ipod it's the passion of me loving cover songs enough to do a whole show about it etc uh um so as a as a podcaster speaking for myself for sure it is that same that same uh passion that you had for owning the music and and the stuff that you loved as it is for creating the shows about the thing you love to teach other people about the thing you love as a listener uh is it like i uh 
<laughs> I think about the shows that I still listen to, that I have time to listen to and subscribe to. And uh, I think there is something to that, right? Because I could go online and get a lot of the content that's in some of those shows. Uh, one of them is a show about Las Vegas, but there's the personality of mm-hmm. hearing somebody talking about it versus just going on to even a blog and reading the words that they write that – I like so much better as a podcast than I, than I would as just the written word, reading the written word. Yeah. So. I think there's, there's two things I'd, I'd, I'd add to that one. One just kind of builds on what you're saying, which is, you know, daily tech news show that I do the, yeah. the, the criticism I have occasionally gotten, not even that frequently, but I get it is like, well, I can just read all the tech news and the appeal of the show has been sure, but we do it for you <laughs> and <laughs> right. it's enjoyable right. They tell us the, to hear us talk about it, right? And yeah. and and yeah. I agree. Like I I don't listen to podcasts for utilitarian information alone, although I get that from them. Uh, I listen because it's enjoyable to hear people, and I think there is that physical media aspect of podcasting. Not that we want to buy a box set of our favorite podcasts, but <laughs> you know, people want T-shirts. They want yeah. they want to go and meet the hosts. In, if they can at, at an event and say hi right. and I, you know I really enjoy your podcast I remember I know I've told you the story before of going to podcast expo in Ontario and you were doing a meetup with Minion Fogarty from Grammar Girl and I was yeah. nervous to go in <laughs> and say hi because I listened to Coverville and uh, it's funny and it was you know you you were famous to me uh, right. and lots it, of other it, people it, there because there were lots yeah. of people there yeah, I probably, I think I probably had that same thing with Minion. Like, I, I probably was really nervous to, to be doing a meetup with her and actually getting sure. to, yeah, to meet her because to her, or to, to me, you know, she was that show I listened to and oh my God, I'm finally getting to meet her. So yeah, it, you know, it is, it is so relative to think about all that. And of course, you and I know each other now and it's, it's funny to us to think about yeah. that sort of, um, that sort of, nervous interaction well and go, going through all the threads of our conversation here from from the origins of podcasting into our love of yeah. music and and why passion about a topic like music you know makes for a better show and makes podcasting yeah. i i think the key is that the worries about like well digital will separate us or digital does this or the internet does that uh i think those are temporary i can't prove that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. What I'm what I'm seeing in our conversation is we were worried that, you know, music would be killed by digital or, you know, right. uh, or podcasting couldn't last or would kill radio when really uh, being online and being digital just gives us another avenue to connect. And we will eventually find the ways to appreciate each other and connect as human beings. It just it takes a while because it's new. It is. Yeah. You know, listening to a show is like getting the digital single and uh, following the show and responding and going to to events where you get to meet your podcasters is buying the vinyl with the gatefold cover and the lyric sheet and and the photo and and going to the concert. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I know the word was podcast and we, we definitely added music <laughs> we, to it. We did, we did talk about podcasting at some point. Yeah, yes. The show, <laughs> the show's going to do that folks. It's just that, yeah. that that's where it's going to go. Uh, especially when I have great people to talk to like Brian Ibbett. before we wrap up, uh, would you like to play a game? 
Of course. I, I love games. I'm big fan of <laughs> if i wouldn't be a, if i wasn't a dj i'd be a game show do you host. think you, I would, think you, you know would, that if if you weren't doing everville <laughs> do you think your next show would have been a game like some kind of podcasting game show there, it would have been because i did try to launch a show called musically challenged which uh-huh. was a which was a music game show and that took so much work i'd be able to do it now with patreon probably but back then it was like oh my god i have to write 80 some questions every week. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. Well, this game is much, much simpler. Uh, okay. It's called this or that. Okay. Simply, I will, I will present something. You'll, you'll pick this or that and tell me why. Great. I love it. All right. So, so the, the one I like to start people off with the sound of a dot matrix or laser printer. Oh, uh, the sound of a dot matrix. I had, uh, my TRS-80 color computer back in the day. And uh, I remember getting my first dot matrix printer that I printed out basic programs, uh, you know, line 10, yep. uh, begin, line 20, <laughs> print, right, go to line 10. Yeah, and... and uh, a string equals five. Wait, no, but it's a... <laughs> a string would be a word. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's right. Uh, and hearing the sound that that thing makes would is... is Probably would be ASMR for me right now. Is yeah. is uh, you're very analog. I am. You I totally very am. Appre- appreciation of analog. For sure. Uh, the next uh, warm up question: fast or slow zombies? <laughs> uh, fast zombies only because if the purpose of a zombie in pop culture is to scare you, the 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 rage infected fast zombie works so much more for me than oh no they're coming i guess i'll just have to walk briskly away from them <laughs> you are you're now the second person to say that this and this demonstrates people why science needs a large sample size because the first three people i asked were like well slow yeah. zombies you idiot of course i want to be able to get away why sure. would i want a fast zombie and and you and uh, i believe lamar uh was the other one who okay. answered this way or no maybe it was annalee uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering. We're like, no, no, fast zombies are much more entertaining. We're not talking about reality. We're talking about entertainment here. So <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. These are, these are both musical groups. Oh, good. Okay. Girl Haggerty or space oddity. Ooh. Uh, wait, it has musical groups. So there's a band called space oddity. Yeah. They, not just the David Bowie song. David Bowie covers. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, and of course, Girl, and Girl Haggerty, Haggerty does Merle Haggerty does Merle covers. <laughs> What's, how is Space Oddity spelled on the, the band? Uh, if I'm, if I've, if I've copied it correctly, it's spelled S P A C E O D D I T Y. Oh, so just like the, gotcha. They don't do like, cause there's a, a Zeparella, you know, let's say Girl Haggard is spelled G E R L E. Perfect. Okay. Well, based on that. I think I'd go with Girl Haggerty, even though I'm way, way more of a David Bowie fan. I like the, the work put into the name Girl Haggerty more than just naming yourself after one of David Bowie's songs. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, it, yeah. a lot of it is in the name. I mean, the execution yeah. is, is certainly part of it. Uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite cover bands in Austin in the nineties was Diamond Smugglers. Okay. They did Neil Diamond covers. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. See, now that's clever. Yeah. That's very clever. There's, uh, I mentioned Zepparella. There's another one called Les Zeppelin, and it's an all women, uh, uh-huh. uh, Led Zeppelin cover band. Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard of them. And then, of course, um, oh, there's another, what's the Elvis based Led Zeppelin one? Oh, uh, that's, uh, the one with the reggae. That's, uh, well, Tortelvis is the lead singer and the band is called, oh my God, I can't believe I'm not, I'm not remembering this. It's Tortelvis. He's, he's a 300 pound Elvis impersonator in front of a reggae band and they're called Dread Zeppelin. Dread That's, Zeppelin, yes. right. Because they I do the, to, yeah. I had to work there. Yes. I always wanted to start a, a cover band called the Tex Pistols that would do country versions of Sex Pistols. <laughs> Brilliant. And as I oh. said before, I'm not claiming that hasn't been done or that. Yeah. But yeah, I remember in the late 90s, when I would go to Diamond Smugglers, I was like, I want to start a band called Tex Pistols. When I was in uh, New Jersey just a few weeks ago, uh, we saw a live band called Frankie Goes to Dollywood. Nice. And you can guess just from the name that it's, you know, country covers of 80s of New Wave songs. And that's exactly what they were. And they were fantastic. Earlier this afternoon, for no apparent reason, I thought of the song... Come on, every beatbox by Big oh, Audio. A Big Audio Dynamite. Big Audio yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why Frankie goes to Hollywood. Reminded me of that. <laughs> Probably same era. I yeah. think I was thinking about my days in radio, and I, that was one of yeah. the records we got in when I was working in radio. Anyway, uh, back to this or that: Captain sure. America or Captain Marvel? Uh, Captain America. Uh, and it should be, you know, I know this isn't a video podcast, but you personally can look in the background right above my shining bald head is a Captain America shield. Uh, Spider-Man's my number, you know, my favorite of the superheroes, but Captain America is a very close second. Gotcha. I like the, I like the ideals that he he supports. I, uh, I almost asked you DC or Marvel and then I just thought that was a waste of time. That would, yeah. Why bother? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hammock or beanbag chair? Oh, uh, beanbag chair. Uh, mm. I don't think hammocks are as comfortable as they are meant to make, make us believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this is a, a big world with lots of room for opinions. <laughs> but I can I can I can have a whole bunch of different positions on a beanbag chair. But if you try and lay down on your stomach on a hammock, you're going to get bent into a position that you don't want to get bent into. I don't think either one of them are very comfortable, to be honest. (laughs) The other answer is I have a beanbag chair right there. I have a a hammock in my backyard. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. (laughs) And yet we can still get along, folks. We can still see. Look at that. uh... All right. Here's here's one I'm very intrigued what your response is going to be because I I think I I should know what they, knowing you, I I think I should know the answer, but I'm not sure. Las Vegas or. Dubai. Oh, wow. Um, it's so hard for me to, it's hard for me to compare because I've never been to Dubai. I assumed uh, maybe you had never been to Dubai. You're obviously yeah. very close to Las Vegas where you live. Right. And I know you love going uh, to Vegas. I love going to Vegas. Uh, and, and I think I'd still love Vegas over Dubai because of what I perceive to be the variety of things that are available to me in Vegas that, that I think Dubai might be too, uh, 
snooty is not the word, but they would look down on some of the things, some of the parts of Las Vegas that I kind of enjoy. The, the <laughs> off-strip, cheap, tiki house of right. rum drinks. Right. You, know? <laughs> you don't have the fetid history that Vegas has. Right. Yes, exactly. Or certainly Things not are... the same history, anyway. I'm glad you didn't say Las Vegas or Disneyland, because then I really would have had a harder time. Well, okay, Las Vegas or Disneyland. Nope, I'm not going to do it. No. All right, fine. Uh, Isley Brothers or the Beatles? Oh, uh, for Twist for and Twist Shout. and Shout. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Beatles because of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that's uh, probably the only thing that moves the needle in that direction. But I feel like, uh, you know, Isley Brothers didn't have that uh, 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 uh so when you hear that and say oh my god this is just so raw with the horns and the uh the version but when i hear the beatles version all i can think of is ferris on top of the float telling cameron that he just hasn't heard anything good today and uh <laughs> yeah and that was the first time in my lifetime and i know it wasn't the first time it had happened but it was the first time in my lifetime that an old song recharted yeah. Oh, yeah. Which happens a lot more now with with streaming. Way more now. But yeah, but Bohemian back then Rhapsody was, now yeah. has had its third resurgence from the original, from Wayne's World, and now with the the biopic. Yeah, Queen's Greatest Hits is in like the top twenty albums. Right <laughs> it is. It's yeah. It's it's you know it's given uh, Dark Side of the Moon a run for its money. And then in Kate Bush <laughs> running up that hill, right? Yeah, uh, from Rocket Stranger. Man, uh, thanks to the uh, Elton John biopic a few years ago. Yep. Uh, Ghost brought back uh, Unchained Melody, but the uh, the Ferris Bring and Twist and Shout back. Yeah, that's yeah. that was huge, and there was not even the, you know, there wasn't even a soundtrack. There was no Ferris Bueller soundtrack to capitalize on on all the great uh, the great songs that that were on that thing. Really, uh, there was never a soundtrack. Issue never for a soundtrack. Movie. John Hughes never never. Uh, it was wow. it was it cost too much to get Twist and Shout, and so there was never a soundtrack. And John Hughes wouldn't do the soundtrack without without Twist it, and yeah. Shout. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't even a band. The Beatles weren't even a band at that point. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, savory or dessert crepes? Dessert crepes. I'm a pancake guy. Like if you give me my options for breakfast of like a, a an omelet or pancakes, I'm almost always going to go with the sweet over the savory. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're a sweet. That That's basically what that question is. Sweet or savory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fundamental question. We, the last two are fundamental dog or cat. Sure. Oof. A uh, cat. Uh, that's a personality test more than a writer. <laughs> which, which Snow White princess am I leaning towards uh, at the end of all this? Uh, yeah, you know, I love, I love my dog and I've loved all the dogs I've had. Uh, but if I could only have one pet, it would be a cat because I don't have to rush home to let the cat out or it's going to poop on the floor. <laughs> Purely uh, hot or cold? Uh, hot. Uh, which is funny because I live in Colorado. You think, well, if he doesn't like cold, then he, why is he living in a place that's cold for part of the year? But I would much rather be too hot than too cold. Then why do you live where you live? <laughs> I know, uh, because of everything else that Colorado it just offers. Because no, I, I like seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All uh, my records are here, uh, Tom. It's, it's the whole reason it's that really they hard can't to move do records. it. It's, I know. It I've really done is. It many, yeah. many times. <laughs> They're so heavy. Uh, well, Brian Ibbett, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I'm so glad you were able to take this amount of time to, to chat today. Uh, we could go on and on and on. I know. So uh, we'll, we we'll have to have you back and, and we'll, we'll use music as the word and talk about podcasting the whole time. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see where, where it takes us there. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. If folks want to follow you, uh, where should they go? Uh, coverville.com is the easiest play or well, I guess cover, uh, follow social media. What am I talking about? Oh, coverville.com for the podcast. Then yeah, of course. coverville.com for the podcast, everything else, just type the name of your favorite social media, uh, URL and add the word coverville slash coverville to the end. Uh, fortunately I don't have a lot of, of people fighting me for that name, that username. So <laughs> I usually am able to get it on everything that, uh, that it can be gotten on, but, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Coverville is the is the way to find me excellent thank you again my friend thank you tom and uh folks uh if you want to spread the word uh we have a domain name as well a wordpodcast.com thanks for listening everybody talk to you next time tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.